Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, a new episode will come out every weekend, and we'll have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. So, for this week's episode, um, I wanted to talk about uh, Disney attraction movies, so uh, movies about rides. And so, the inspiration behind this episode came a couple weeks ago when I saw on Facebook or some sort of social that a friend of mine or page or account that I follow shared a shared an article discussing that a new Haunted Mansion movie is being discussed and could be in the works. And when I saw that, I was very kind. I was very... Uh, I had a very odd feeling about it because... As you all know, this fir- the first Haunted Mansion movie that came out was not super good, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so it will be interesting to see kind of the take that uh, the people that are working on it have. So through today's episode, I want to talk about these, about not just that, but all the others as well. And so we'll go through a total of uh, technically nine movies here. Uh, and the way that it's going to work is we're going to probably break it up um, in nine in eight different sections. We'll do the we'll do the um, we'll do all the movies up to the haunted mansions, and then the last section of this will be talking about the original haunted mansion. And that section will keep going as we talk about the new haunted mansion. So the two haunted mansion movies will be put together. So. But, like I said, there are technically a total of nine with the new Haunted Mansion movie. But before that, you have a total of eight. You have the old Haunted Mansion movie. You have the Pirates of the Caribbean, Tower of Terror, Country Bears Jamboree, Tomorrowland, Mission to Mars, Jungle Cruise, and Dinosaur. We're going to cover all of these here in today's episode. And we are actually going to get started with easily the most successful out of all of these. Okay, like I said, we're going to start with the most successful out of these with Pirates of the Caribbean. And Pirates of the Caribbean originally started with Curse of the Black Pearl in 2003, and then would end up making four other films. So a total of five films in the series. Uh, Like I said, Curse of the Black Pearl in 2003, Dead Man's Chest in 2006. At World's End in 2007, on Stranger Tides in 2011, and Dead Men Tell No Tales in 2017. There are two more films slated to come out through in this series. Um, we don't right now. We don't know when they're slated to be worked uh, going to production, or when they're supposed to be released into theaters or Disney Plus. However, it's going to come out. But easily, these movies. Um, have been the most successful, obviously, because it's uh, spawned a series of uh, uh, spawned a series here, and throughout the whole series of films, Pirates of the Caribbean has grossed four point five two billion dollars within the U.S., and it is crazy at how successful these movies are. Um, and you'll see the you'll kind of see see why throughout the parks. You have 
Jack Sparrow, who is a walk-around character. Well, not walk-around now, right now, but was a walk-around character, a, a character you can meet, greet, get autographs. They inserted Captain Jack Sparrow as an audio animatronic into the ride after these films did really well. And there's really a lot of influence in that. And even early in the ride, too, you see Davy Jones appear, right? And that's how successful and how well-loved these movies are. And I'll be honest, I've seen all five. I think the first three are great. I think the last two were were all right. They weren't as good as the others, uh, which makes me think, why are they making two others? It's kind of like this, maybe this Star Wars kind of thing that Disney's been doing, trying to really drag out like this series and making sure they can absorb more fans and all that. But it will be interesting to see how these next two movies go. But obviously there are a couple reasons of why these films did really, really, really well. And obviously part of it is because of the cast and the acting. So a couple key people from these films. Obviously Johnny Depp is Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Orlando Bloom is Walt Turner. Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan. Bill Knighty as Davy Jones. Naomi Harris as Tia uh, Dalma. And Jeffrey Russ is Captain Barbosa. And Johnny Depp is easily one of the top actors. Really, probably, well, really, in my mind, his most iconic role. Because I haven't seen a lot of Johnny Depp movies. And I'll be straight up honest. And easily, my this easily one of his most iconic roles. He plays, he plays a, a pirate... And, and the way you kind of think a pirate would be, and it's really cool to kind of see how, you know, he can incorporate that 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 how he incorporates the walk and kind of the the slurring words kind of into it. So it, you can see he really went method for it. But um, everyone else really kind of kills it throughout these films, and it, it's just so interesting to see that they've stretched this into five films. Because if th- think about the ride. Right, it's the ride within itself does not really have a concrete story. Just go through a bunch of different pirate scenes, pirate fights, pirate whatever. Um, and so, oh, and so one of the it was kind of interesting to hear that you know Pirates of the Caribbean's get getting a movie, and they found a way to really give you a concrete story, and they put a twist on it to you know put in some stuff from the rides, but not, not a lot, you know, I haven't seen these in a, in a while, but that first movie, you're probably going to see more Easter eggs to the ride than anything else, I, uh, I believe the town does go up in flame, you do have a, a, a flame scene, you know, a fire scene within the ride, um, I'm not too sure about the prison with the dog, you know, begging for the key, I think that is in the movie, I'm not too positive though, um, but I do believe there are Easter eggs throughout that first film that allude to that allude to the ride, um, which makes things just so much fun within this. And easily, you know, out of out of all these movies um, that are attractions that I've seen, probably easily the best movie, best set of movies through here, uh, because some are just in my mind subpar or average at least. But Pirates of the Caribbean. Easily, um, 
not just one of Disney's most successful attraction movies, but probably one of their most successful uh, series um, that they've stuck to themselves. Uh, but let's get into our next movie. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and get into Mission of Mars, which is the next one. And let's start with the synopsis. When the first manned mission to Mars meets with a catastrophic and mysterious disaster after reporting an unidentified structure, a rescue mission is launched to investigate the tragedy and bring back any survivors. And this film came out in 2000. And let's just say I've never seen this movie. Right, and I've n- never been to the attraction that it was based off of, and it w- looks uh, at, after doing some research, it looks like it's based off it, the location of the ride was where Extra Terror Estrial was, and Stitch's Great Escape currently is, but obviously now Stitch's Great Escape is currently down forever, but um. I can't speak too much on this film, and I can't speak too much off of that. But based off of these other two attractions, I can guess guess my best, um, or you know, kind of give you what I think the ride would have been. You sit in kind of this, air, or my bad, the show would have been about. You sit in this area, this cir- circular, um, in the circular uh, stage, or whatever, and you have this center point of where everybody's looking at, and I think a lot of it is looking at life, the life on Mars, so like the aliens, and then you have these aliens coming through, and somehow one of the aliens breaks through, and you have a bunch of jump scares, maybe you have a couple nasty smells and everything, so that's just kind of the the my best assessment of what the ride would have been about because that's what the other two were. Um, so it, it, that for that to be the case, it's interesting to have some to have a movie made off of kind of that that route. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to. Um, watch this movie because I, I intend to, you know, within the next couple of days, uh, see how good it is. And with some of these other ones I haven't seen either, I, I, I want to watch these. But, you know, th- th- this movie grossed, a to- uh, had a gross revenue of $110,983,407. So this film did pretty well, um, but. To to say uh, to say that it's at the level of Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of ridiculous, and I just don't know. I don't think a lot of people necessarily knew about it, and probably thought it was gonna be more so based off of some like some sort of sci-fi thing, which excuse me, the ride technically is, but you know it's not really based off of a particular story, so. You know, it 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 it's to me it's a bit of a stretch, but the the people that were in it, the cast, and I can see why it made probably a decent amount of money, um, because 
there are two. I think there are two names that I recognize. No one else. Um, but Jerry O'Connell, Connie Nielsen, Tim Robbins, Gary uh, Snice, and then Don Cheadle. Um, those are the main people that I saw on IMDb, the top couple. Um, so that's probably why it made a decent amount of money with, with those people. And I, I'm a big Don Cheadle fan. So that's all I can say about Mission to Mars. So let's go ahead and head off to our next destination. Okay, so next film is Tomorrowland. And its synopsis is Bound by a shared destiny, a teen bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor embark on a mission to unearth the secrets of a place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory. Now, this this is based off of the land within Disney World and Disneyland called Tomorrowland. And the land itself is supposed to be like, what it's gonna what is it gonna be like in the future? And obviously that part of the park is pretty much outdated for the most part. But this, uh, and this is one of the few movies I have seen, uh, a part of this list. And this this was alright. It wasn't great. It but it but to me it wasn't awful. And so that was kind of one of my bigger things is they, they kind of have some odd thing. They have some very odd storylines in here and kind of weird things they're trying to get at. And it doesn't really allude to the actual land. There's no real kind of indication of no, no iconic marks. There's no building that looks like a space mountain or anything like that. So it, it's, it was really, it's kind of a really weird situation because there's no, no way to allude to it. Um, the, the, the money that I made, the gross revenue was $209 million. Um, so pretty decent. And the cast is pretty good. Um, George Clooney, Hugh Laurie, and Britt, Britt Robertson and Tim McGraw were, those I knew, those actors I knew remember from the film. There are two that I don't, that were Keegan-Michael Key and Judy Greer. I just don't remember them for some reason from this film. Uh, I think lesser roles, but, you know, they, they were in this film. And, like I said, you know, that my one, one of many attacks to me on this film are they really don't allude to the actual um, land, no indication uh, of that, but also it's really odd of how Britt Robertson's character gets to this land. Um, there's one of two, there's two ways. There's, she holds a coin or some sort of like pin that can transfer her there. Number one or number two, you can get there by going on the small world ride and into this little like arched way location. It's weird. It is really weird of how they can get there. And it makes no sense because, you know, if you've been to the Disney parks, It's a Small World is nowhere near Tomorrowland. 
Which I know as a Disney fan, that's that sounds like a ridiculous, you know, thing. But just think about it. it and even if you went that way, it would have to take forever to probably get there. Um, it's just something that I think this movie tried too hard to do. It's try to stay within Disney lore, and it doesn't really stick to it. Is my big thing. It doesn't stick to what it's kind of based on. It, but the, the acting is good enough. There's, you know, Robertson's good. Clooney's good. Hugh Laurie is good. You know, that's the first real thing I really saw Hugh Laurie in. I never watched House. Um, so I've seen Clooney in a couple things. But it just kind of an, an odd movie to, to kind of see. I thought it was going to be great, but it... it it was all right. But let's get into this next one that takes us, takes us back a couple years. Okay, so the next one is Dinosaur, which, let me tell you, is another one I haven't seen. But here's the synopsis. An orphan dinosaur raised by lemurs joins in Ardorius Trek to a sanctuary after a meteorite shower destroys his family home. So, interestingly enough, I when doing some research, I was like, is this really based off of the Animal Kingdom ride in Dino Land? So I looked at it, and it pretty much is. The type of dinosaur, the main dinosaur, um, is the Iguanodon, which is what you're going after in, in, in the ride, which makes things more intriguing. Be like, wait a second. This is actually kind of makes more sense now of the of the ride a little bit more, because it comes up with the the ride itself is kind of ridiculous within itself. It's actually I've been on it a couple of times, pretty damn scary. Yeah, the first time I rode it, I closed my eyes the whole time. The second time, I was fine, but that final T Rex scene is absolutely just ridiculous. And like I said, I've never seen this movie. It came out in 2000. It grossed. It actually did better than the previous two movies. It grossed $349.8 million. Um, and these are all U.S. dollars, by the way. Um, and so it, I can't have any gripes with this because I haven't compared it to, to the ride. I haven't really seen it. So it will be hard to... and. Within that, you know, I I think this is something. Uh, this is a bit. This movie could easily be intriguing to me, and another reason why is, go check this channel out. It's called Film Theory. Um, the the guy who runs it, or who does a lot of the videos, his name's Matt Pat. He did a, um, he did a series on Disney movies where. He does like Kill Counts, which Disney movie is the deadliest. And I, uh, spoiler alert, this ends up being the top one. Um, and it kind of makes me kind of even more intrigued to see how that, it, it, well, that spoiled it for me, but just, just watch it and see how that uh, comes down. But, you know, I, I've talked about the cast in these movies. And so I need to bring up this, this cast. It, it's a pretty interesting cast, to say the least. Alfre Woodard. Ossie Davis, Max uh, Casella, 
Hayden Pantier, who's been, uh, I'm sure she was very young at this point, because she, she was also a voice in uh, A Bug's Life, D.B. Sweeney, and then some of you big Disney fans will recognize this name, Samuel E. Wright, who is probably most well-known um, from Disney fans as voicing Sebastian in The Little Mermaid. But, like I said, Dinosaur I haven't seen, but you know kind of where, it, where it's been, right? What it could be about. Now let's, oh God, this next one, let's just say unbearable. I'm really sorry I had to take the opportunity because the next movie is The Country Bears. And for those of you that have seen it, good lord. And here's the synopsis. Barry Barrington goes to goes on an adventure to save Country Bear Hall by getting the Country Bears back together for a reunion concert. Yes. The Country Bears, out of anything else, was had a movie. And of course, it's based off of the Frontierland show, The Country Bear Jamboree. And this thing came out in 2002. Engrossed, for some reason, an awful, compared to everything else, $18 million. It did so poorly. This movie is so bad. And again, I did research. They stick to the names of some to the bears in the show. I think they left some out, but good lord, this is. And I've talked about you know I I've talked about some of the worst movies I've seen with my family, and I've asked what are some of the worst movies you've ever seen, and they've talked about Cat in the Hat, the live action version, and that movie is bad. This is on that kind of level. Country Bears is that bad. Um, the CGI or whatever they use for the bears looks so weird. It is kind of, it is very freaky that I completely understand why people would be like, yeah, um, no, I'm not watching this. This is one of the movies that if I were to go back and watch after doing this episode, I would not do. And if I did, I would just... I, I would call it. I, I, I could not survive it. But there's not much else to say about this movie because it it's just so weird. And they have an interesting cast, to say the least. Um, Haley Joel Osment, Diedrich Bader, Brad Garrett, and Christopher Walken. And for... As weird as it is to say, as I've said, this movie's awful. To make matters even worse about kind of the way that the bears look, the whole movie in general, I mean, the acting's all right. Bear, the, the main character, who is voiced by Haley Joel Osment, Barry Barrington, In the beginning of the film, lives, yes, lives with a human family. 
human family. And then they help the country bears. That's how weird this movie is and how cringy just by saying that this movie already is. And I don't understand how anybody could like this movie. It is not good. Just a word of warning if you want to watch this movie. Now let's get... We're going to get into the next one, which I would say probably one of the best in regards to staying to uh, the ride or the attraction story. And that's the Tower of Terror. Yes, it had a movie, but it never went out in theaters. It was direct-to-TV film that came out on ABC. Um, And here is the synopsis. A disgraced reporter investigates an abandoned luxury hotel where five people mysteriously disappeared 60 years earlier. Now, this film came out in the great year of 1997, because yours truly was born. Um, And it's based off of the Hollywood Studios' famous Riot Tower of Terror. And like I said, I think this is probably the best in regards to based off of attraction story. Because Country Bears are just putting on a concert, right? There's no no indication of them breaking up. And like I said, they don't have... They have some of the characters from there, but they don't have all. So, doesn't really strict to it. Dinosaur, obviously the indication of, of the ride is going to save the Iguanodon. This is more kind of the, the background about it, or maybe why you're going to get there. Tomorrowland, I'd talk about the gripes there. I can't talk about Mission to Mars. And Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously, I said there's not much of a concrete story there. This is probably easily the best. Because it talks about the accident that happens. And within the ride, it does too. You know, you're in the Twilight Zone. And you see the people who were affected. And they actually do a very good job within the movie to where, where the costumes are to, to give you the indication of that these are the same people. Right? And they investigate the hotel, which looks about the same. And... There, there are some really odd parts to this, um, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but it, it's just so, it is easily, it sticks to the lore the best way possible, and I like how they have it of being an investigative reporter going to this location and everything, uh, but here's some of the people that were in this movie, uh, Steve Gutenberg. Nia Peoples, I believe. Nia, Nia, I'm not too sure. Uh, Melora Hardin, by the way. Uh, this this is one of the very few times where I went through and I was like, wait, hold up. Because I clicked on her because I recognized her face. She's from The Office. And she played one of Michael Scott's love interests in Jan. She played Jan in The Office. But then the kid that uh, Steve uh, that Steve Gutenberg has or is with is played by Kirsten Dunst, who some people know for playing Mary Jane Watson in the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. So some pretty, pretty 
pretty great actors and actresses. And um, one of the oddities of this film, of this movie, is obviously they, they can see the ghosts, and the ghosts are actually very friendly. And they're just like, we're just trying to get to somewhere. We're, we need to get to the party. And there, there's a party supposedly going on. They're trying to get to a party that was going on onto that t- on, on the top floor that they couldn't get to when the lightning hit the tower, right? And the whole point is them trying to get there and doing the investigation. And Steve Gutenberg, for some reason, falls in love with one of the ghosts. It's weird. That that part of the storyline is kind of weird. So um, that's probably the only part of this film that's very cringy to me. I mean, it is not the best movie. It is not the worst movie. It's not as bad as The Country Bears. I will tell you that. Um, but I, I have watched this. It is pretty. It is pretty decent. Um, so I, I encourage people to actually watch this one. But now let's get into probably uh, the next one that's slated to come out that I am actually really looking forward to. Yes, the bad joke Jungle Cruise is getting a movie. And let me tell you, it looks dang good. Subnosis, based on Disneyland's theme park ride, where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural twist, a supernatural element. Now, I watched a trailer for this. You know, while doing research, and boy, does this actually look really good. I was, when I saw this, I was like, oh, God. I swear, if this is just strictly based off of the ride, this is going to be, well, I kind of love that humor. I kind of like that kind of joke, those kind of jokes on the Jungle Cruise. But I was like, a lot of people are going to absolutely hate this. So I watched the trailer, and I was like, there's actually a lot more to it than I thought. Because the supernatural element, and it looks like they're uh, they're searching, the certain characters looking for something, and there's some sort of myth. But there's a part of the trailer where uh, this other character, the the other actor, rips, you know, is going through the lines of the actual movie uh, of the actual ride, and you see, you know, cool. Cool indications, cool nods to the ride, actually, um, which is nice. Um, within and within the uh, trailer, the iconic line from the ride of "And ladies and gentlemen, you've just experienced the back side of water." And then there's a kid that gives the character like a weird look, and it's like, "What? It's eighth wonder of the world." It actually looks really good, and I love that part. And the best part about that, who delivers that line, is The Rock. Uh, people starring in this film are The Rock, Emily Blunt, two well-known people, Jesse Plemons, who's from Friday Night Lights, believe it or not, and Paul Giamatti. Those are just four of the people that I recognize that a lot of people might. And I'm actually – that trailer got me really excited for this movie because – there, it, there seems to be action, and it seems that Jesse Plemons is going to be playing the the uh, like the villain of this movie. Now there could be a twist with that, but boy, 
I think this actually could be very, very good. And plus, I'm a big fan of The Rock as an actor. That's a big plus for me. So, now we're going to finally get into this last section of talking about both Haunted Mansion movies. So, bear with me, you foolish mortals. Alrighty, here we go. So, The Haunted Mansion. Oh, man. Here's a synopsis. A realtor and his wife and children are summoned to a mansion, which they soon discover is haunted. And while they attempt to escape, he learns an important lesson about the family he has neglected. Let me tell you, this movie is not great at all. Um, it's not as bad as The Country Bears, but it's, it, it's not good. It's not, it's not great. It's not good. It's not even average in my mind. It, it's pretty bad. Um, and that's something that I think this movie and the new movie needs to learn. Is that I feel like this was too comedic, right? Too kind of focused on what Eddie Murphy can do and kind of these other people can do. Um, and didn't rely on the kind of horror suspense part of it because I... It, I don't recall a lot of it to where you could, where you're like, oh, like, kind of on the edge, kind of being like, oh, I'm scared. This was more like, what the hell is going on, you know? Uh, and because you need to catch that part of it, right? You need to catch the element of suspense and horror of what the Haunted Mansion really is. So... um that that's kind of the biggest thing that I take from this, right? That I take from that original Haunted Mansion that came out in 2003. Now, obviously, Eddie Murphy starred in it. Y'all know where Eddie Murphy comes from. Uh, Terrence Stamp was another actor. Jennifer Tilly, who comes, who I know has been in the Chuck, uh, a couple Chucky movies. Um, and Wallace Shawn, who is pretty famous. He's been a lot of stuff. And there's one actress that I recognized that was in White Collar. Her name is Marsha Thomason. Um, And I didn't even realize that she was the mom in the movie. But, like I said, not the best movie. Now, when you get the news of a new Haunted Mansion movie coming out, it makes me a little nervous because of what happened in the previous one. So... Um, here's what we know about the new one. Uh, Katie Dippold is going to be working on the movie and she's had some nice things that she's worked on. She's written for Parks and Rec. She's worked on uh, the Sandra Bullock movie, The Heat. She's worked on the most recent Ghostbusters and she's worked in the Amy Schumer movie, uh, called Snatched. So there's very good comedic parts to uh, to her stuff. I'm just too worried with that being the case. Again, they'll focus too much on the comedy. Because, it. I mean, who knows? But along with her, the same company that worked on the Aladdin remake will be working on this movie as well. So maybe they'll try to stay true to... Um, 
true to the ride and the attraction to kind of stay on track. And it'll be intriguing to see because before she took over, there were rumors that Guillermo del Toro would be working on it. And he, since he's come out with the fact that he was going to try to work on it, he has since, you know, lost the drive to make it. And he said, I want somebody else to, that, that loves, that loves this to make it over me. And so, I think if he had made it there, there may have been some things that got lost in the shuffle. But I think in order for this to work, there's a couple things that that I would want in this movie. Number one, the Hatbox Ghost. And for those of you that don't know what the Hatbox Ghost is, it's not in the Disney World uh, Haunted Mansions in the Disneyland. It's an audio animatronic that has a very cool effect of this ghost who has like this hat box and his, the the effect is, you know, he'll stand there, you know, with a eerie smile holding the hat box and you'll see the, the, his head kind of fade to dark, you know, and then the head will pop up in the hat box. I think it's very cool. It's a very nice kind of horrific, um, character to kind of put in here to really cast on the you know the suspense the horror of of what Haunted Mansion is supposed to be Madame Leota and that's who Jennifer Jennifer Tilly played you know the the woman's head that's in the crystal ball that deals with a lot of the supernatural that calls to the spirits um, I think they need to portray her more in a serious manner than kind of a comedic Jennifer Tilly uh, portrayal. They need someone who can be like, you know, uh, you know, in the right sheet says, play your tambourines. You know, he can do that instead of kind of have that really high voice that people can make fun of. Um, I've talked about this more so horror, but yet comedic. Kind of incorporate the two to where... People will appreciate it. I also think the hitchhiking ghost would be very awesome. That that could be that kind of the comedic relief. You can pan back and forth between them and the actual mansion. Uh, and you know, you have a really small one. You could have like a Danny, De- like a Danny DeVito play the small one. But I I still think hitchhiking ghost would be kind of important to the comedic part of things. And then to me, you gotta have a great cast. I understand the cast from the original was, you know, is decent, but it's not great. I think you need to have, obviously, Eddie Murphy, A-lister, you know, but I think you need to have somebody who can, and when I think of Eddie Murphy, for the most part, I think of him more as kind of a comedic, you know, maybe get somebody who can be very serious, but also very comedic um, in a couple, in a couple spots, so, but that that's it for this. Um, I'm not too sure what I'm going to do next week uh, quite yet. So hit me up with what you guys want to hear about it, uh, about a conspiracy theory because next week will be the next conspiracy theory, theory episode. So hit me up on that. What do you guys want to hear? Uh, But besides that, have a great weekend.